Before we dive into this episode, I have a quick message for you guys. You know I'm all about human optimization, performance, and liberation of the mind, body, and soul. So I have a few tools and resources for you guys to become the best version of yourself that you could possibly be. The first is Strong Coffee. Strong Coffee brings you that specialty coffee experience and a healthy, done-for-you pre-mixed powder that includes instant organic coffee, grass-fed collagen protein, and MCT oil powder to fuel your mind and body for hours so you can spend more time and energy on the important things of life. If you're like me and love coffee, love caffeine, you need to have strong coffee in your household. It's an absolute game changer. They have amazing flavors to choose from like honey lavender, which I'm absolutely obsessed with, vanilla, mocha, and plain black. Again, you need to have this in your household. It tastes amazing and it's really, really, really good for you. You can use my code FOSSUM at checkout for a percentage off your purchase. That's code FOSSUM, F-O-S-S-U-M, for a percentage off your purchase. The next is Ketone IQ. Ketones are nature's super fuel, proven to support energy, focus, endurance, and more. Developed alongside the U.S. military and top universities, Ketone IQ delivers all those benefits in one drink. No caffeine, no sugar, just clean, on-demand energy for superior physical and cognitive performance. You can get them in a bottle or a shot form. I take both. I absolutely love them. I take them before a podcast, before I work out, or any activity that I'm going to need some cognitive energy, focus, and clarity. It really kicks in and helps me get the job done. I did a podcast with Michael Brandt, the CEO and co-founder of HVMN, who produced these Ketone IQ drinks. If you want to learn more about that subject, I suggest you listen to that podcast. It was amazing. You can use code CALEB at checkout. That's K-A-L-E-B at checkout for a percentage off your order. Last but not least is Vibram Five Fingers. You guys know I'm all about that barefoot lifestyle. I firmly believe in living a barefoot lifestyle. I think it's healthy. I think it just strengthens the foundation of your life and your body and just helps you overall, again, with performance, optimization, and liberation. So Vibram Five Fingers is a shoe that helps spread your feet to give you that barefoot lifestyle. It divides your toes up to help spread that feet, strengthen your foundation, and give you that barefoot feel anywhere you go. I take them to the gym. I take them out. I take them when I go on walks. I like to wear my Vibram Five Fingers any chance I can. And again, it just gives you that barefoot lifestyle anywhere you want to go. I have a link with the discount code already applied to it. So all you got to do is click the link and check out for a percentage off and free shipping for your order of Vibram Five Fingers. I'll have all links and codes in the show notes. And I really hope that you guys take advantage of these tools and resources that have helped change my life. I hope they change yours. I genuinely use all these products and I really, really hope that you guys take advantage of this opportunity. So now an uninterrupted podcast. I really hope you guys enjoy and be uncommon. Welcome to the Be Uncommon podcast. We have Luke Box today here, me, and then Caleb Fossum across the uh, the screen from me, across uh, the, the AirPods for you, the listener, um, all the way in Austin, Texas. Yes, yes, we are. That's it, just yes, just that. There's nothing Austin, There's Texas. nothing more than that. Yeah, dude, where's, I mean, we're, where's the boom? We're here, we're here. The boom The boom comes, man. You. you it comes and, and goes. You can't just, you know... Always you can't, be on the boom. You can't just bring the boom on command or what? You are literally no. drinking out of a cup of coffee that says, wake the fuck up, man. I don't know. <laughs> so maybe you just started. Maybe you just started yeah, that cup yeah. of coffee. I don't know. No, I'm like a, one of those like uh, just relaxed, good moods, you know? Like, I feel uh, that. I, I like feel I'm, that. Just, I'm just here. Like I feel warm just sitting and, and uh, 
I don't know. Yeah, just fucking, just chilling, bro. Just sounds like it. you should. Sounds like you should probably go see a doctor. <laughs> yeah, but, everybody's right, just busy so, being busy. That's that's fair. That's fair. You shot me a text this morning about um, something that was on your mind um, <laughs> that you wanted to riff on today. So let's hit it. What was on your mind today? I mean, uh, I mean, we kind of touched on it last podcast, just talking about this concept of like almost feeling behind, right? And just this whole world, especially now with social media just this success man like what does success look like what does success mean and obviously there's all these different versions and everybody has a different definition of success but i'm listening to um i'm re-listening to relentless by tim s grover mm. and um he's just talking about you know being a cleaner right and if you if you've heard that book if you haven't i recommend listening to it you know he was michael jordan kobe bryant Dwayne wade's trainer he obviously trains a ton of other people um and just talks about what it takes to be to be great and there's definitely some things and they're like you know, that's very obsessive um, with your with your skill or your craft. But I think obviously that's what it takes to be the 1% of something. You have to mm-hmm. be not right in the head. You have to be a little obsessed. Like, that's the whole point, right? Not right. everybody gets there. But what he's talking about, he was just talking about success. And he said something like, you know, what does success look like if there's been, if you're the first in your lane, if you're the first to do something, what does success look like? Because there's been no previous measurement of success in that lane, in that industry, creating your own path. There's no measurement of success. And it pretty much just goes to talk about success and failure are completely mental, you know, because he's like, you create your own vision for success. And so it just really had me thinking today, like, what does success mean to you? If I took out all the bias and all the attachments and all the things that, I'm clinging to to this idea of success because other people that I look up to inspire to be like, that's their version of success or that's what they have. What if I stripped all that away? What would make me happy? What would feel successful? You know, and so that's kind of what I was on today. That was the thought process and, and why it popped up. Uh, I love that. I think one of the like the things when it comes about success is that like when you said everybody has their own version uh, or like a different version of success, right? And I think that's true, but I don't think that people actually always have their own version of success. Like they agree with somebody else's uh, version of success because they like that person. Uh, Like there's the example of Matthew McConaughey, like has this dream in uh, his book, Green Lights, where he like uh, in the middle of his dream, he is like at this house, this ranch in uh, probably Texas. And he's got like 22 wives and 88 grandchildren. And he's like, because all he ever wanted to be in his life was a father. That was his only like thing that he he knew he wanted to be like for his entire life. And at that point, he like had an entire family um, of, of just so many, so many people that are loving him. So one, it didn't, it took like the pressure of failure of like not being married, like which he, at first he thought might be a failure if he was never married. And then like it relaxed him saying like, now the success is just to have all the people there loving me. And like, that's success. But he like had that experience. And, one thing that I think when it comes to success is that people don't put enough time into like thinking about it. Like people don't schedule time and days and weeks sometimes to just think about like success and like what it actually means. Um, and like, I think when you don't actually do like the pre thinking um, about what like the goal and success and even failure really means, especially if you're starting something new when it's never been done before, um, you're just gonna be running around in circles. You're going to confuse movement with progress. 
Yeah, that uh, that came up in a Robin Sharma book, Confusing Movement with Progress, and it immediately immediately made me think of you because you've said that to me before. And it's a Denzel Washington you know, quote. Yeah, but but we've been guilty of that, you know, several times. Mm-hmm. I mean, personally and with the uncommons and be uncommon, and you know, just uh, and you're just learning. And like you said, if you don't take the time to think, you're literally just going to be influenced by your surroundings which could be good could be bad right i mean there's no right or wrong it's you just don't you're not thinking for yourself you're not asking why and i think like just recently i mean because the last podcast you know we've i've been getting very very deep with a lot of these things just just internally and asking Mm -hmm. myself why we talked about that last podcast um but yeah man just a very very trippy thing and even like when it comes to trying to get this out like journaling i've been journaling you know, I put quotations around it because I've been very on and off and I had to use a lot of um, prompts in the beginning. I had to use a lot of things and I kind of just forced myself to do it. There wasn't much, I don't know, there wasn't much like structure, but like texture to it. I was kind of just doing mm-hmm. it to do it because that's what people did. Right. And recently I've been letting like my creativity flow a lot more. Like I've been painting, I've been drawing, I've been actually journaling where I'm actually writing like for the first time in a long time or ever. For the first time ever, I feel like I'm writing. Like I'm mm. third person point of view, zooming out, writing how I feel in these specific moments. Like, and it could be, and it's the smallest things. And I think that's what's really hit me like hard recently about success. I started to think about my football journey. Like I left Nevada with Atlanta, a lot of animosity. I left with a lot of anger. I left the game very unexpectedly, not how I expected to end it. I ended it with an injury. I ended it bumping heads with some of my coaches. Like it just, it left a bitter taste in my mouth, but then, and I felt unsuccessful there for a long time. And I was just just thinking about like, well, that was me taking things personal. That was me having these expectations. Like I'm starting to actually go back and take a lot of responsibility for things, you know, if Mm -hmm. that makes sense. Um, And then also it's kind of redefining my version of success. Like, I don't know. Just it's been a very, very deep reflection. Um, but that's what's been coming up in writing and how I'm feeling in these small moments. And I think about little moments of, you know, I I keep thinking about when anybody says California, I think about you picking me up from the airport to go to Kylo Yama's wedding with the top down in your Camaro, and we're fucking driving home from LAX. <laughs> and I'm like, damn, bro, you know, like Red Hot Chili Peppers are playing. It's like these little yeah. moments. I think about being in Reno with some of my old teammates, like Tyler Crandall picking me up in his red pickup, his beat up red pickup truck, but we're just going to drive somewhere. Like just all these little moments with my friends, my family, my girlfriend. And like, that's successful to me. You know, I'm like, damn, like I've done a lot of cool shit. I've done a lot of shit so far. Like I feel pretty successful. Totally. Totally. And I I think that's also a really, really good point to make of like how you can build this, bigger identity of success, this bigger goal and target of success through these little moments that you experience that make you feel good. You know, cause I know exactly we were, I literally was playing under the bridge and then I played uh, Californication, like back to back while we we're going top down, down the freeway, like back home. And like hundred percent, that was a moment of pure, just joy, just bliss with my best friend driving in a car that like I earned, you know, and we were going to one of our best friends weddings, like, you were in California for the weekend. Like that was success. And we both built a life where we were, we were able to do that. And then it, what a really cool thing starts to happen, which I've actually, I've been terrible at my whole life. But recently I've been trying to do a better job of one, there's gratitude, like just daily gratitude and all that stuff. Oh, but also gratitude towards myself. Like, Hey Luke, what are you proud of yourself for? 
Mm. Like asking yourself that question is mind blowing sometimes because I am always so hard on myself because I have this like this preconceived I've always had this like traumatic preconceived notion like from generational shit in my family and all these emotional blocks and all this stuff, right? About like success will happen once I get X, Y, or Z, right? And that's just that's just not how it how it works anymore, you know, because I'm starting to do the work and break it down and being like, you know what? What was a goal that you had three months ago? Get in better shape. I looked in the mirror today when I got a shower and I was like, damn, dude, 18 year old Luke is like coming back a little bit. Hey, oh there's the abs. There's the abs. We missed you for the last seven years. In this, like, in this clip, in this clip, when crazy. I cut up, I'm going to put the scene in forgetting Sarah Marshall when he gets out of the shower. He goes, he looks at himself, yeah. he does a tape dance, he goes, good for you. Good for you. And he's like, look at himself in the mirror. Yeah, it's just like, I, but it was one of those things of like, I was proud of myself because I was like, I've been working really, working out really hard uh, the last like eight weeks. But I know I, my sister caught you doing push-ups on the side of the road. Yeah, she did. Uh, like yesterday, yeah. actually, yeah. she literally did. I was going for. I like to do uh, one of my new like off day or like active rest day routine, um, which is funny because like my baseline for like active rest days is much higher than it was eight weeks mm. ago. It's like I uh, wait, so it's like peak hot, so like twelve one o'clock. Um, lately, that means it's been, it's like eighty eight to like ninety four outside, uh, and I do a shirtless basically with. Uh, I've been called, been told to say hot boy walk. So I, <laughs> I basically do a two mile walk. And then on every corner, it's like a square on every corner, I'll do 50 pushups. So mm. it's two miles and 200 pushups. And it's amazing. So, yeah. And it's, but it's great. Simple, and it's like, effective. It's not crazy hard on my, on my joints. It's getting like, it's getting a lot of good pump, blood flowing, strength and all that stuff. But like, it just feels good. And I listen to an audiobook, and it like, you know, it's sometimes it'll take me 40 minutes and another time it'll take me an hour 20 if I'm like really just taking my time. Cause another thing is like, I'll create like an intention before the walk of like, but push ups in the most important part or the walk of like, I want to walk a little bit faster and I like, pick up the pace a little bit and like not drag my feet. Or sometimes it's a, uh, I want to spend as much time in the sun today, actually. So I'm going to, I want to pay attention more to my surroundings. Like, and I'm going to look at every single car passing me and like wonder what's their story. Like, what's that person doing today? looking at the parking lot and target that I walked by and just like, what's going on and just being more aware of like, I didn't realize how many people like actually shopped at target at 1 PM. Like do none of you guys have work to do today? <laughs> but I'm like, well, I'm also out here doing this, but like all of those things. So I'm starting to like build these little things of like, this is my attention. And then if I reach that boom success, and like you can build these little points of success throughout the day and you build that compound interest, compound effect, all that stuff. And then all of a sudden the goal of whatever the thing of whatever endeavor you're trying to do happens. You know what I mean? Dude, you hit the nail on the head. And I love when your tribe speaks your language and dude, walking is the most underrated thing in the world. Walking oh my God. for oh my exercise. God. For you know, mental clarity. For mental, it was exactly what I was about to say. Mental clarity. Oh my goodness! Like when you feel stressed or stressed, one thing that I definitely will I struggle with, and anxiety, another thing I definitely struggle with. So when I go and on these walks, oh my god, I like never come back from a walk being like that was a bad idea. It doesn't matter if it's pissing rain or if it's 120 degrees outside. Like I've never once come back from a walk saying that was a bad idea. I feel worse. Never. Yeah. It's it's funny that we talk about how on the same page we are. I love having my shirt off first of all, but being in the sun, really, being out you? In the, yeah, no, yeah. I don't even get, I don't even care anymore. <laughs> I used to be really shame. I used to be really shame about that. Like all through high school, I was actually talking to many about this. 
about like the shame I would have towards myself for a lot of things. Cause I felt like, I felt like people would just be like, Oh, he's so full of himself without even knowing who I was. Oh and my so, gosh. Like, yeah. and, and like going through this, like, I don't know, like, you know, we'd be in the fucking morning announcements and people are talking shit that the morning announcement said something about the football game. And I'm like, like, I have control over the morning announcements. You know, they're like, sorry, I did my thing on Friday uh, night. I just felt like there was a lot of um, animosity from, totally. I kind of felt that in high school. So I, right. I did, I tried, you know, I was proud of the things I did, but I also felt like you talked about celebrating, like celebrating mm -hmm. yourself. It was really hard for me. And it was hard for me to like talk about, you know, I could talk about myself to my tribe. Like that's no, right. you know, cause I know it's unconditional love and there's no judgment from you. So I'll talk my ear off about myself to you. But when it comes to like a group of people, I always try to just lay low until I'm asked something. I don't ever come right. out and like, unless I'm asked and then it gets brought up or whatever the case is, because I like you said, that celebration, cause a lot of that stuff, having your shirt off, like all this stuff, people just made it. So like, Oh, he's so full of himself. He's such a douchebag. And I, this was like cool. underrooted. Yeah. Maybe you're not. Well, no, whatever. No, no, no. I was like, you keep going, but like, yeah. Well, I can tell you exactly what really happened, but go. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. But I just, uh, yeah, I was just kind of letting that stuff go. But, but back to the the walking and stuff. But it's walking is so underrated because I'm on the same page. My off days are pretty much like do some push ups, do some movement, a little bit of like light yoga, stretching, and go for a walk. Like walking is single handedly the best thing I've ever like daily incorporated in my life. Like whether it's just walking your dog for two minutes or going for a long one, and especially down to, like you said, in new towns or new places, mm -hmm. um, going and experiencing new parks and new neighborhoods, like parking the car and just going and seeing new shit, becoming more aware of yourself, your surroundings, connecting more to shit. Like, you know, um, so I'm glad we're on the same page there, but whatever you were going to say about me being a douchebag, you can go ahead. <laughs> oh, no, it was not about that. It was actually about like looking back at the times that anybody ever gave you shit about your shirt off. Two two easy, super easy facts. One, not one of those fuckers was in better shape than you. Not <laughs> yeah. a single one of them. Like, I can think of, like, you, Trent, Hunter, guys that, like, when we would go to parties or go to anything in high school or, like, the beach or, like, people that would make a presentation out of taking your, your shirt off. <laughs> but, like, the thing yeah. is, like, it wasn't. Everybody else is just jealous. That's all it ended up being. So it's way easier to hate on you than to be like, I, that guy's in far better fucking shape than dude, I am. Like way like, better shape than I am. Even like fat shaming and skinny shaming, right? Like, dude, I felt like there was some type of shame for a little bit about being in shape. Like you would take your shirt off and somebody would make a comment and not that it's like, not that it's bad, but every time you would take it off, like, oh, like, you know, like, oh, here he goes again. And you're like, I'm at the fucking, I'm at the fucking beach. Like. Like I'm yeah. gonna go in there with my shirt on and like no, I work hard for I work hard for this. This is consistency. This is fucking dedication and discipline. So it was like mm -hmm. there was a little bit of like unrooted subconscious trauma there. Like and not like any, like I walk around now and I don't give a fuck. But I was wondering back to like before I got more secure in who I am and all that stuff. Like there was some deep rooted words matter. You know, words matter. Those little like agreements. Uh, they, I, I read they that do. the four agreements. And it was talking about how you agree when someone says something, if you take it personal and like shit like that, like mm -hmm. when you're secure and you're not taking shit personal, you're just like, yeah, dude, I'm fucking jacked. I took my shirt off, you know, like whatever the case is for whatever, instead of letting it really affect you and taking it personal, but it's hard, man. It's fucking hard. No, totally. Um, that's so true. I, uh, I totally, totally, totally agree with that. And another real quick, uh, going back to the walks of another thing that I like to do that I meant to say earlier too, of well, if this is a suggestion for everybody, go on a walk, 
in a newer place, a safer place, like a place maybe you kind of know, like don't go to an unsafe place. Um, and like bring 10 bucks with you that you have to spend on something new. It's fascinating. Obviously, if you have to walk far back, don't make it heavy. You know, don't be an idiot. <laughs> but like, if even if it's a book or even if it's literally coffee or like a, some food, who cares? Like, but buy something new, like have a new experience. It's just amazing. So sometimes like that's the intention and that's the goal and that's success for like that hour or two. And like, if you create, it's like as simple as like even a to-do list of like the dopamine when you cross it up, like something off your like to-do list, technically that's a, that's a little bit of success right there. And it's just, I'm getting better at it, but I'm, it's still a struggle. But I'm getting better at just recognizing those little things and like making me, it makes me feel better about myself and far less like hard on myself. Yeah, dude, you should, you should definitely read Robin Sharma. Like every time I read something, I think about you because it's so, uh, dude, he's, I don't know, man, he just speaks this language that, and again, it's all common sense. I think what it's, it's not common sense, but I think what, what's been happening for me is like, I've always felt the urge to do certain things and I've kind of tapped into them. And then I'm just getting like validated on my thought process mm -hmm. and like, does that make sense? It's like, I've thought this way before about things, but I'm like, you know, maybe there's a more efficient way. Maybe there's, you know, you kind of doubt if there's no measurement, you know, if, if you've never done things before. And then I feel like Robin Sharma's very well, like just validating me and everything that I thought I know or think I know or want to know, you know, or direction I want to go. Um, mm -hmm. and he, I've been on a kick of him, man, but he makes me think of you all the time when he talks about, talks about certain things, but it's good I, shit. I, another thing that I've, uh, I've been listening to Naval, uh, recently who's uh just if you don't know who naval is just n-a-v-a-l google him uh he's like the modern day philosopher he's one of the smartest people on the planet um he's an investor he started angel lists he's one of the greatest entrepreneurs and business people on the planet he's incredibly wealthy but incredibly smart and he's my favorite person to listen to talk about how to think about all things in life um and he really always makes me take a step back and people that make me take a step back to like rethink about like my current like thought patterns, I'm like, okay, whoa, 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 whoa. This is new. I like this. It's challenging. It's good. And one of the things that he uh, talks about is like, you'll get wealthy and then you'll start to realize that like true, like joy and like success comes from like when you just actually enjoy the process of doing something and like, you don't have to show it to people for you to feel good about it. Like mm -hmm. you don't need somebody else to tell you that it's good for you to feel about it. And so like, you, when you started painting, you painted a picture and like, yeah, it was badass. But like you painted because like you wanted to paint. You felt like painting. You've wanted mm -hmm. that creative outlet and you did it. And like you felt good about it. You know what I mean? Like you, mm -hmm. it felt rad for you. So like every once in a while, like I will like uh, my form of like doodling is like, I like letters. Uh, I've always liked just to mess around with like letters and like sharp lines and just uh, black pen, white paper. Like that's, I just like it. And, uh, but like I'll, nobody, I've never showed like any of them, like to anybody. But like every I'll get done and be like, that's, f that's fucking sick. I like that. But like that's all I need from like that thing. But like I'm trying to get better at doing those things in other places, other places of my life. You know what I mean, dude? Dude, they it's all cliche, right? The beauty's in the eye of the beholder. But it's so true because it's so subjective. Life is art, like. What you do, and like that's why he said success and failure is so mental because what you do might look like a failure to somebody else, but a complete success to somebody else, and whatever it means to you. But like, yeah, 
some people might hate this certain paint style or this type of calligraphy or whatever the case is. It's art, but someone might love it. Someone might think that's a million dollar piece, mm -hmm. you know, like, so, and that's with everything in life, like whatever you're creating, whatever you're working on, like it has its own lane. And like you said, enjoying the process, like, you know, I, we definitely have goals for this podcast and definitely want to reach levels where like, this is, this is everything that I do. Like, I just want right. to get paid to podcast experience and connect with people. Like that'd be amazing. Right. Yep. Um, but I love the process of getting on here with you or getting on here with a guest, connecting, having a dope conversation. And then, you know, as much as I don't like the editing process, when I'm going back and I'm cutting shit up, I learn from our guests again, or I learn from you, or if mm -hmm. I said something and it started, and it's like, I feel like I'm always constantly learning. And I think that's the biggest switch from like this ego self to like trying to be the best version, the highest version of yourself is like actually being open to learning from anywhere, anyone, anytime, you know, mm -hmm. and, and just enjoying um, that process. And like you said, you have comparison as the thief of joy on here. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's, that's an old, old one from my, uh, from the bathroom in my uh, house growing up. My mom, it was one of her favorite. It's such like a mom sign, like live, laugh, love, love, yeah. laugh, live, 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 laugh, laugh, love, love. <laughs> like there are yeah. all those, we all had a mom somewhere, yeah. a friend's mom that had all of those, right? And my mom was one of those moms for sure. I love and that. so, uh, but she had one that uh, every single time you went to pee, you would see this small little three by three little like sign that just said comparison is the thief of joy. And like, it made me, it has been ingrained in my head since I was like five years old mm. uh, of like that being a valuable like lesson that like I taught, but like, or like I was taught. And it's funny, I was, I got away from that for like a bit. Um, and then like, once I remember it, it helps me so much. And one of the like, uh, the things that I've always struggled with when it comes to like this idea of success of like comparison is uh, about generational comparisons and trauma of like my family of like how successful successful my brother has been or my dad has been or other baseball players were or and then you get into the social media shit of like how successful everybody makes themselves look mm. and one of the uh the best the two of the best like things that i've done uh recently of like when it comes to social media stuff is just i unfollowing so many people even if like they're rad people and like i learn a lot from them but if i like get any instance of like feeling shitty about myself because of how well they're doing. Not like I'm, I'm stoked for them, but then I, I start to compare about like how, where they're, they are in their journey and where I am or what they have or what I don't. It's never like I, I don't like them. It's more of like a, this isn't working the way that it's supposed to. So let's figure that out. And then if I want to refollow them later. And then the other one is like, when it comes to like emotional shit and trauma and generational shit and family shit, which we all have, um, that's like the work that's worth paying for in therapy mm -hmm. or talking to people or first of all it's the work that like even by talking about it with your closest friend that like you feel comfortable and vulnerable enough to do that with even that is like the most important work that i think i have ever done in my entire life it's it literally nothing makes you feel as weightless as just getting shit off your chest that have just has been there for so fucking long and Dude, it's one yeah. of the greatest greatest tips in the world that i have to anybody it's just talk about your shit literally Dude, yes. get it out get it which, out it, which, every human being has so much shit built up like built up well which for you is a big step because like you know you're you're used to just shrugging shit off and keeping it to yourself you know like i feel like you you'd put on a tough like no i'm good i'm good i'm good like you know it was me sometimes where i'd be like damn bro like i know you need to talk you know but like and it's it's 
but it's hard to get to that point of like whether you like it's just it's it's not easy being vulnerable is fucking hard and just talking about mm-hmm. and then i think that's where therapy really comes into play i was talking about many talking to many about this the other night where you know when you're talking when you're talking to somebody and you keep talking about yourself sometimes you don't again we don't like to we like to talk about ourselves but subconsciously you don't want to share too much you know you're kind of like right. playing this game when you go to therapy their job is to literally fucking listen to you mm-hmm. talk about yourself completely mm-hmm. in depth in detail and if you don't say it, it's still going to be stuck in there. Like verbally letting it out is purging. Like you're like, oh, like it's like you said, this weight lifted off of you. And that's kind of, I mean, that's what podcasting does. I think for both of us, totally. um, it's very therapeutic because you're just kind of these thoughts that have been in your head that you want to talk about or that come up or that you're confused about. It's like, yeah, let's talk about it. Cause I'm sure other people are going through something similar or, um, you know, again, but just getting it out verbally is like you said, a huge step. Yeah, totally. Like, especially like for me, because my biggest block when it comes to like sharing and being emotionally vulnerable um, is just because like I have this like generational emotional thing of like, I was going to talk like that men don't do that. Like, that's just, you know, that makes you a pussy. That's kind of like mm-hmm. how I w- have like always grown up and like not even specifically from my family. Like, yeah, from my family, but also from sports and from yeah, sports, like, yeah. gym, gym culture, you know? Like mm-hmm. a lot of sports, uh, gym culture for sure. And just like you're growing up in a neighborhood with a bunch of kids. Like, you know, it's just like shit that society just like pushes on you. And then you like start to dive into like you start to really ask questions about like your grandparents and start to realize how your parents grew up. And like then you start to realize, oh, so that's why that's why it was like that for me growing up, because that's the only thing that they knew. And then you're like, I'm like like less angry with you now now that i'm like more empathetic and realizing like oh if i had a tough like shit you you had a tough and you didn't have google like your life must have been really fucking hard for you you're like study off of encyclopedias that sounds terrible (laughs) like god you're old type of stuff dude that that awareness is um next level and really helps you let go of a lot of shit like you said trauma yeah i just let i just started sorry see my shit um I just started talking to my dad again, you know, and being completely vulnerable and transparent here. I, I talked about that on an earlier podcast with uh, one of our guests, but you know, we were just at a, we were just at a stage where we both just kind of needed some space to grow in our own ways. Mm-hmm. And, you know, talking to some of my mentors and everything, it was just kind of like putting that into perspective of, you know, everybody's going through something and you don't know people's battles. And like you said, how they were raised in this generational you know, it's, it's such a different time and there's so much shit going on and, you know, being a parent and having kids and trying to deal with your own shit while you have kids. Like I think about being a father all the time of like, dude, how tough would that be to deal with my shit and another human being? Right. Like it's, it's a lot. So you start to kind of have this empathy, like you said, towards your parents, towards your grandparents, like family members, friends, people, like when you start to take away this actual idea of not taking things personal because it literally has nothing to do with you. And I think that's where I reached that point and I was like, whoa, like it really has nothing to do with me. Whether, mm-hmm. you know, this reaction that's coming out of somebody or why an action, like it has nothing to do with me. That's just some rooted shit that they have or they're going through something. And I used to think like, oh, they're projecting their insecurities. And it's like, that's not always the case. That's just all they know. Mm-hmm. You, like you said, that's the only reaction they know in their body. They've been taught. They don't know anything else. No one's ever taught them how to deal with that emotion. 
in a better, more efficient way, right? Like, so it's just this awareness of yourself and other people. And I think when you do this inner work, like you said, you just start to gain so much more empathy for others, no matter if it's family, friends, strangers, you know, like anything, it's just, it really has nothing to do with you. Yeah. And like, uh, when you do that type of work, it, um, and like, I definitely don't mean that like everything anybody's ever done to you is okay or right, obviously, right? Um, yeah. But like, if you have empathy to at least look at like their situation and then kind of go through it, and but now you have more understanding and data to now like move forward with your own life and then you can work through your own shit. But if you don't do the work of looking at it like empathetically through them, you won't really have the full scope of everything and you're still just gonna be angry and you're at the same place where it's like, it's just dumb, it's just a cycle. And I am the king of doing dumb cycles over and over and over in my life. So like, I, I, that's one thing I do know very well that like you have to, you have to look at it to get all of the information. Like it's, it's crucial. Like you have to, you know? And then once you do that, regardless if you um, move forward and like build a better relationship with that person or don't, uh, one thing you start to do is forgive them actually, mm. even if you don't want to have a relationship with them. And then you can start to forgive like yourself for like all of the energy that you feel you may have wasted on that. But like you start to actually forgive yourself, which is the actual like deep trauma healing stuff that you really have to do. And then from there, like love just grows more. And like when you are in a loving state with anything or anybody, like you're, you're in a better mood. You are mm. happier. There's more joy Colors are more colorful. Music sounds better. Movies are more fun to watch. You laugh harder at dumb jokes. Like, and if that's not like the main goal for everybody to like just have that all just naturally flow out of you, I don't know what is because it's like that's kind of that's kind of how it's helped me. Um, and I'm starting to build on it. I'm not fantastic at it yet. I'm not an expert, but like it's definitely made a really really positive impact on me so far. Dude, that's um, it's incredible. It's because it's so. It's so true, man. Like, just like you said, get, like the forgiveness and all that energy that you've been putting into these situations and, and other people, you're giving that the power, you know, um, it's, 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 it's just so powerful to have, uh, to have this awareness and to be able to reflect like that. And, um, it's just crazy, man. I just think it's, I, I trip out every single day. Um, it's just a rabbit hole of like, going back to that old that old character those old characters that you were and mm -hmm. just realizing how much you've grown and it's hard because sometimes there's there's triggers there's things that and i think that's the biggest thing i've learned is that even if like there's shitty people out there there's shitty mm -hmm. people there's they're gonna do shitty things there's evil people evil exists in this world totally. bad things happen but again it still has nothing to do with you. That person is evil and doing shitty things because of something that's happened to them, because of the way they were raised, because of their deep-rooted trauma, their conscious programming. It's because of them. It has nothing to do with you. And I think that's where, again, you start to forgive and, and almost feel for that person that's doing shitty things. Because you're like, they just, they don't know any better. And like you said, it's it's been a lot more dropping these expectations of people mm -hmm. and dropping this, Oh, they're they're doing this to me and taking things personal. And again, it's a daily choice and a daily struggle because sometimes shit happens. You're like, dude, fuck that guy. What? Like, you know. But mm -hmm. again, doing like you said, zooming like zooming out and taking a step back and just having perspective. And again, like you said, it's not always right what people do or maybe whatever the case is. But to be able to have the awareness is um, is pretty crazy. It's a blessing and a curse, right? Because sometimes it's like 
Yep. Once you once you see things, you can't unsee them. Right. You know, and so once you open this kind of awareness of yourself, it becomes you become a lot that judge and that accountability becomes a lot harder. And I kind of want to get into that, like this growing up and, and and motivation to do things, but you you become so aware of yourself and be, and become so conscious of your habits and it gets to the point where you know exactly what's right and what's not. So when you're mm-hmm. in that choice, it's a lot louder, you know, because you're right. like, no, I'm aware of this now. There was a point in time where I was subconsciously doing things and I wasn't even aware of it. But now you know, mm-hmm. you know, so now it's it's been surfaced to where it's like, no, dude, you know better. So it's, you, right. you have to take accountability for this choice right now, mm-hmm. you know. That's <laughs> It's so funny. I feel like this, um, remembering a meme that I think you sent me from like, uh, from like a therapy account or something of like, or like maybe I sent it to you of like, it, there comes a point in your life where you start to understand like the human psyche and empathy so much that you actually start to, you can't even be mad at people for doing things anymore because you just, you just get it. Right. And I'm starting to really, really get there too of like, um, at least doing that work first. And then another thing that like a thought process that's helping me, um, is like when something shitty happens in my life that involves another person, um, I used to like be that, like, I would have sometimes like a, like victim mental framework of like, why did this person do this thing to me? Mm. And then I would have, now I'm like, step back and be like, did they do something to me or did they do something? And it affected me. Like they, like they did something in their own life. They made choices but I'm a part of their life and then it affected me. So like, even if you can make that distinction, you can then do better, more clarified work of like how to forgive, clear out the trauma, all the bullshit and like get over it and get move on type of stuff. Like even that small clarity clarification for like my mind and how my mind works is huge. Cause I used to just think like people were doing things to me sometimes. And then I would, then I would kind of be like, no, like they're making choices. I didn't even talk to that person like for the last three days. But now I'm so upset because of what they did. It's like, well, it had nothing to do with me. Like, Dude. And there's, you know, it's one of those, it's just one of those things, especially like if it's like people you really care about, mm. it can like hurt you. Like in terms of like, it hurts when somebody like that you care about makes bad decisions for them and unhealthy mm-hmm. decisions for them type of stuff. Um, but then there's also a whole nother thing of like, maybe they did do something to you, like actually to you, bad to you. Um, that's a, it's a whole nother type of, type of thing. Right. Yeah. Um, but again, like the whole, the whole concept of like basically this whole entire podcast for me, at least of like how it's kind of all like wrapping up is taking time to actually think about it, like taking actual time to think it through and like take the, the steps back to like ask yourself all of the questions that you should to do the actual work because you can get over some stuff or at least start to forgive people and stuff within a matter of hours and days as opposed to festering for weeks, months, years, and then all of a sudden you're 55 and you're fucking miserable because of mm. this thing that you never really addressed and you could have done over a fucking weekend. Dude, you know? Exactly. <laughs> and what, what you said was like, I, I thought the same way. Why is this person doing this to me? And now it's like, what is this person, what trigger is this person hitting that's causing this reaction out of me, right? Like, Boom. What, yes. what thorn are they picking at? Because like you said, they just said something. That has nothing to do with me that caused me to think a certain way and act a certain way and to get my body to, you know, start to feel those changes or anxiety. Like it's triggering something inside of me. It, it like, so that's, that's on me. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, 
the art of communication, not letting it fester up. People can't read minds. If you're not effectively communicating yep. what you want, what you need, what hurt you, if you don't tell me what happened, if you don't tell me why you're mad, we can't work on fixing this. I can't change the behavior because I'm not aware of it. I don't know that that's the trigger that I hit. I don't know that me saying that thing affects you in that way if you don't say something. If you effectively communicate it and then the issue still occurs, well, then you just remove that person from your life. I think totally. life is way too short to, like you said, let things fester up and to just not be brutally honest and communicate because it's life's too short. Like we're only right. here for a short amount of time. And with all this, like you said, I've been really reflecting on my football journey, man. And there were some times where like, I had to check my ego of like, nah, dude, you didn't do that that well. Or, mm -hmm. you know, like he coach was right for doing that. Like you didn't do all the correct things all the fucking time. You're not, you know, you're not Mr. Fucking perfect dude. So I kind of had to check myself about my career and things that I thought I deserved. Like, we don't deserve anything. Like, what did you do to really, really deserve that? Mm -hmm. You know, like, you were blessed to even be where, where you were at, dude. You know, so I started to really, really, again, start to tinker with that success metric and um, just started to really let go of a lot of things that I was holding on to or, or my perception of what I think actually happened. Like, I don't know, totally. I, you, don't, you don't know what's actually going on. All you have is your perception of this reality and mm -hmm. everybody's perception is different. I think that's the crazy, frustrating, but beautiful part about life is that everybody is seeing this moment in such a different way. Totally, and I love the, uh, something you said probably like 10, 15 minutes ago about the idea that you are taking more responsibility for your football career. Um, which is like so amazing because like that's the same exact like work I went through like a year or two ago about my high school baseball career because I like I was around uh, our high school baseball coach a little bit more because of where I'm coaching now. And like it was really, really amazing for me, actually. Like I felt so much better even about the game of baseball because mm. I started to take more responsibility about like as to why my career didn't turn out the way I wanted it to maybe could have. And that other people told me like it should have. Mm -hmm. So then I, I was like, wow, now I'm into my next endeavor, my next big life purpose. Like I know these things. And like uh, to like riff off of like another thing I said on like a podcast last year or two years ago of the difference between fault and responsibility. I am, I, I just don't really give a shit about whose fault anything ever is. Um, and I take like the Jocko Willink approach of like, it's all my responsibility mm. of how everything affects me. It's only my responsibility to feel like for my emotions to take over and however they do, whether they're good or bad, positive or negative. It's always, 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 that's my work. That's my responsibility. It doesn't matter if somebody like, of course it matters, but like, if somebody were to go and kill my great Dane, right? Like it's their fault, but like, Regardless, she's not coming back. So now it's my responsibility to figure out how to like move on and live with this and not let it just tear me down and ruin my life. Like mm. that's an example versus another example of like if somebody breaks up with you and like, yeah, I'm I'm sad and it's their fault. It's like, sure, it might be their fault that you're sad. Like a hundred percent doesn't mean it's like not a real thing that happens or isn't like present. Like, yeah, it's their fault. But like, cool. Whose responsibility is it to like move on with your own fucking life? It's yours. That's mm -hmm. the hard thing with like taking responsibility for everything. Every yeah, single thing is so hard, but then all of a sudden it's just 
easier and simpler. It's so, it makes, because life can be so difficult and hard and like just crazy and chaotic and just fucking too much, so much all the time, right? And then just when you take responsibility, it's just like, oh, now I just know I have to, I got some work to do. Okay. It at least simplifies it. Doesn't make it easier all the time, but it sure as shit simplifies it, which is like, I try to simplify every single facet of my life because there's just too much input all the time. So that's, I like to narrow it as much as I can. Dude. You're hit on the head when you were talking about, you know, taking responsibility and when something happens, right? And it's no one's fault. Or, I mean, yeah, like you said, sometimes it's people's fault, whatever the case is. But in those situations, when something happens, something doesn't go the way you expected it or wanted it to, something or somebody leaves, you have to check how you're showing up. How am I right. showing up to this situation? How am I showing up in life? Am I the type of person that's holding that space to be able to receive that? And, you know, like that's, that's communicating in a way of like proximity almost like, how am I showing up to everything? Am I giving off the vibe and the energy that I'm worthy enough of this love? Am I not doing the work for this person to think they can love me? Like there's so many questions to ask yourself. Um, and I think that's one of the most interesting things. And the thing that Tim S. Grover was saying today in one of the chapters was this cleaner mentality of the cleaner takes full responsibility and he, mm -hmm. he or she is brutally honest all the time, but in the sense of they are always in the driver's seat. They like to drive. And I think about this in my own life. Even when I'm on road trips, I like driving. I'd uh -huh. rather take responsibility. Every time. I'd rather take responsibility for my own life and put it in my hands, right? And he said, a cleaner always has the wheel until they, tr they really trust that driver. And right. that's, that's life, man. Like you have, you're driving all the time. And there's certain moments where you're like, you know what? I trust my partner. I trust my best friend. There's moments where you kind of give, you lean on other people. You let other people take the wheel and kind of guide you and lead you. But for the most part, man, it's, it's on you. You're driving. Yeah. So yeah. you have to take responsibility. Like you said, you're a great Dane. Maybe something happens to the great Dane. What did you do? Did you allow it? Did you, did you put the great Dane inside? Did you leave her outside? Like right. what could you have done? Right? Like you could always have done something and not to live in that moment and to move on, but just to realize, okay, take responsibility, learn from whatever the fuck I need to learn from and keep it pushing. Right. 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 And like, <laughs> it's, uh, it's really important also just to have people that are not afraid to have the really difficult conversations with you. Um, like one of the people I live, live with right now, she is, uh, she is one of the greatest blessings of my life because she will ream me get in just in my head and just fucking not like, let me not be the best version of myself. And she will not hesitate to call me out on it, but like, and she's her and I communicate like so greatly of like the way that she will go about it. Like she'll be tough, but fair. She's like, it's like a fucking judge, like a federal judge type of thing. But like a younger version of me would have been so angry if someone spoke to me like that. And now like, uh, if that ever happens, I like sit back and I'm just like, I am so grateful for you that you like give a shit about me enough to, cause you know, like that person knows that my goal is to be the best version of myself. So they're just holding me accountable to that. Mm. And then like when you're held accountable, it's your responsibility to move forward. Right. And it's your responsibility to take on that responsibility of your own life. It's your responsibility to go, Oh, they, if I am getting defensive about, about this, that's my own shit. That's yeah. my own shit. Like literally, they are holding me up like to the standard that I asked them to hold me to. Right. 
So it's like, if you can build this, even if just one person or a couple of people that will hold you responsible too, when you can build that trust um, and that relationship with those people, it's life changing. Cause then it's like, it's still all your responsibility, but you just don't feel as alone in the, in that process. And not feeling alone is something that is so massively not talked about. I, I don't mm. think uh, enough, even like you could live, you can live with 10 people in a house and st still feel horribly alone. You could also live alone and still and feel horribly alone. Like I know that for sure, for sure to be true. But like, if you can build those communications and relationships to do that, it's one of the greatest and highest ROI things that you could ever do in your life. Dude, you can't reach the best version of yourself by yourself. There's totally. no way. Like you said, you need a tribe, you need accountability partners, you need people that are going to support you. It's not, you can't be on 100% of the time, man. It's, it, that's what relationships are. We are relationship mm -hmm. beings. We need other people. We need human connection. We need that love and support. So um, I'm really glad you said that. That's amazing, man. Um, I kind of just want to end this with uh, what, what are your, what are three recent wins? Three recent, it could be small, big, maybe a celebration of something that happened, but just three recent wins um, that you're taking in the, to you for the, with the rest of the week. Um, the biggest win hands down by far of the last week is that I have slept consistently um, six plus hours, which like doesn't happen for me. Nice. Um, never has, but like, um, four of those days I've been like seven and a half to nine hours of like really, really quality sleep. And nice. like, that is life changing for me because, because of that and also some other like therapy work I'm doing and other just stuff I'm doing and making healthier choices or like, it makes me the second big one is like consume less caffeine, mm. uh, because like caffeine's the Caffeine's the greatest thing in the world. Don't, like, don't get me wrong. I love it. It's amazing. It's, ah, love caffeine. We all know that. But like, uh, I went to a, I had a general checkup this week. All my blood panels done, everything. Um, because I had a person in my life say like that they cared more about my health than I did. Or at least that's how it made them feel. And I was like, oh shit. That's a wake up call to me. Even though like I am in the best shape of my, like I've been in seven years. Um, but even just like my mental health, or like they cared about it more than I did type of stuff too, like all versions of health. Right. And so one of the, like the, the third big one is just like that. I took responsibility for it. It's one of those things where it's like, whose fault was it? All of them was my fault because they're all my decisions, but also whose responsibility was it to move forward and make sure I was living a healthier life and doing all that work. Still me. Mm -hmm. So like right away, uh, this week, therapy sessions, multiple, uh, positive business meetings, um, getting blood work done, just checking up on myself, making sure everything's good. Um, but like big win of like taking on responsibility without being defensive when somebody like called mm. me out on my shit. Um, because it's like, at the end of the day, it's like when you and I both coach, um, like we've like, we've coached a lot. Right. Mm. And it's one of those things of like, when you talk to somebody and like you want it more than they do, it's, oh. ne it's never going to work. Right. No, it's never going to work. So one of those things of like, even if like, it wasn't true that they cared more about my health than I do, even if it like, that's a thought that somebody else ha is having, I need to go back and be like, okay, but like, even if that's not true, I should probably be more attentive to my own fucking body, my mind, my soul, my spirit. Like I need to do some work and just kind of 
let's check some boxes here and make sure I'm healthy, but also ask some questions. It's like, why are you, what's going on? Like, let's, let's do that work. Um, so taking on that like responsibility of my own health is definitely like the big overarching win. I love that, dude. I love that. What about That's you? Amazing. What are your three? Um, definitely like uh, just a, a good one was like just new connections, um, connecting other people, um, just kind of bringing value. I feel like I've been doing a good job just kind of bringing value places. Um, big one for me has just been like consistency with jujitsu and I feel like I'm getting better at jujitsu and showing up, learning new things, you know, uh, just doing good there, um, having a lot of fun there. Um, and I think just the inner work, man, I've been very consistent with the inner work and, and asking the questions. And I think like mental health, I guess, you know, would kind of be the, um, an emotional and spiritual, um, I feel like I just doing a good job of, of being more intuitive. Mm -hmm. Um, and I feel a lot of wins there from, from that. Um, and just really persevering, man. I mean, shit's, shit's happening. Shit's going on all the time. Um, but just having that outlook of like, I'm going to figure it out and, um, yeah, man. I don't know. Just keep going. Keep going and keep totally. growing. Totally. I know that like a fourth one too. It's like um, the the prompt, the, like the going to sleep prompts of like, what are you grateful for? Who are you grateful for? And then also, what are you proud of yourself yeah. for? Like today and this week. Um, that's a fourth like one that like is a, is a win of like, I've just like kind of sporadically done it like over the years, but like I've really done some of like that, like work before going to sleep. Um, and nice. it's like probably helped me sleep better actually because it puts me in a better mood before going to sleep. Even if like, I had a bad day or wasn't feeling good or whatever. Like it makes mm -hmm. me, and like, I had like a really emotional night. Like, uh, Oh, it was actually, it was like last night. Uh, not like bad emotional of like, I was going through like all the people in my life I was grateful for. Yeah. And I got to my dog, Gibby, the great Dane. <laughs> and then I started, and then I got to Ripkin, my dog that passed away last year. And like, I was just like thinking about him and the memories. I started like tearing up, but there was like a happy thing right before going yeah. to sleep. And I was like, huh? I don't know if I'd even like really actually mourned him and like was like mm. grateful for his existence and like just that he was here and like by my side for 15 years, like really, really interesting thing. But like that happened and I feel better because like I've, whenever he's popped up or a video of his, him has popped up, I like struggle with it or like I've kind of like, I don't want to see that right now. Yeah, sure. You know, I'm like, that's gonna make me feel bad. But like today I like woke up and looked at some pictures of him and I was like, I feel different in like a positive Aww. way. I feel way better about like this. So it's like one of those things of like, it, it's just helpful. Like, what are you proud of? What are you grateful for? Like, it's so simple, but like, fuck man, it, it it's really, it can like really help with some like deeper shit. You didn't even realize. hundred percent. I was just, me and Minnie were just talking about how grateful we are for Mac and, um, you know, just, just really enjoy the things while you have them, man. Like, like is it, life's too short. Uh, death is stamped on every living thing the moment it's born. And so like just being grateful for the existence of it, I think that's a huge lesson to take away from just life, man. Like wherever totally. you're at, man, you're supposed to be there with whatever you're, you're with, you're supposed to have um, and enjoy it while you have it. Cause nothing is yours. Nothing is in possession. You're, we came into this world naked with nothing and we're going to leave naked with nothing, man. So um, whatever you have right now, enjoy it, but don't cling to it, you know? That's yep. You basically riffed on a version of my mom's uh, sayings that she said to me last year. That's always stuck with me. It was like, wherever you're at is where you are. And I was like, okay, mom, that was done. Wait, wait a second. Wait a second. Oh wait, my God. Wait, there, there really is wisdom with them. <laughs> as you get older. <laughs> wow. Interesting. All We're right. Gonna, that's uh, all. Yeah.
Thank you for listening. This is the Beyond Comic Podcast. That was Caleb Fossum. I'm Luke Bogenstay. We appreciate you. Thank you very much. Peace.